It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? You found us once again right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for another episode of Lax Class. Right there, Tribe Called. They're not actually called Tribe Called Red anymore. They got a new band name, the intro music there. I've been meaning to do this for I don't know how long, so I wanted to give a shout out to Tribe Called Red and whatever they're called now for the intro and the rest of the beats to my little homie, Sakani Baker, who is really starting to make a name for himself in the industry. And uh, we were lucky to get some beats from Sakani way back in the day when we first started doing this. And uh, I think he actually make me pay for him if I asked him for him now. So I think we got off lucky. But <laughs> shout out to Sakani and the Tribe Called Red for the uh, intro and rejoiners and all that sort of stuff. As uh, Welcome back to Lax Class here, people. Uh, episode 214 is a go. And... The NLL season is a go. We're, we're heading into week number three, and we got another great program lined up for you. As per usual, as it's, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, it's Jake Kelly with you. We got Evan Sheminar and Santino Farah back here for quarters one and four as well. And, uh, fellas, uh, before we tell the peoples, what's uh, the classmates, what's on the show here, uh, Evan, how's it going? What's going on back in Saskatoon? No, I'm not in Saskatoon. Oh yeah, you're down in Vegas. I'm uh, down in Vegas. I'm. I same came thing, down same early. Thing, same thing. Saskatoon, Vegas. They're almost identical. No, uh, except that one was minus fifty last week, and the other one's about fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of a change. All right, what's major. going down in Vegas? I know you went to a, like some sort of musical or something last night at <laughs> the Luxor. What no, I went, I went to Blue Man Group last night, okay. and uh, going to a comedy club tonight. And, yeah, you know, just. Uh, Doing some remote work and you know taking in the events that are going to happen here this week prior to the game and I saw you, really excited I saw you. about this game happening on Friday night. Yeah. You know it's it's Vegas. They're going to do things bigger and better, and it's it's just going to be a fabulous show. I saw you take some in and out into your mouth as well over the. Uh, oh, you have to. Yeah. You come. You don't come to Vegas with an in and out about a mile down the road from your house and not go there about three four times. That's- Evan, but uh, fair enough. Uh, Tino, what's up with you, man? I know you just got off the the work train there. What uh, what's new in your world, bud? Uh, nothing's really new. Just you know, taking in a lot of lacrosse over the weekend, a lot of work, and just uh, in terms of things that are new, there's uh, nothing to report there, Jumbo. Oh, it's a little disappointing. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, disc golf update, fellas. You need one? You want one? I'm surprised the discs aren't freezing I'm gonna, at this I'm gonna, time. I'm going to add, I'm gonna add in like You're throwing the, stones at the at the cages I'm now. I'm going to add in like the, the cricket sound effect right there when I <laughs> just know. Uh, no, you oh, know wait, what? You were, I actually do want to know. You were like the number one spot or something. That Are you still number one? Well, or? Listen to this, Santino. Oh, God. I didn't want the whole thing. I just wanted <laughs> to know. No, you know what? One. I lost it. I went from number one to number 38 in one Whoa. match. And I was a little bit rattled by it. But then a week later, 
got it back, won it back off the same dude again. And, uh, yeah, I'm carrying around uh, the number one tag right now. But that being said, I've kind of I've kind of put the disc golf on the back burner here uh, for the last couple of weeks. I, Fellas, I, I stepped on the scale. Man, you know, when I got back from vacation and was none too happy about what I was looking at as far as the number went, so... I've kind of got back to my old ways here a little bit. Back in the gym for a couple hours a day. I'm off the, you know, the sweet stuff and the the sugars and, you know, trying to cut down on the bread here a little bit. And uh, it's time to get back to work here. So I've, I'm not at a point now where I can go to the gym for that long and lift weights and do cardio and then get out to the golf course and, and play because I'm just... <laughs> I'm just too tired to do it. So I haven't been playing as much disc golf as I as I have been, but uh getting back into my to my regimen and gonna try and shave off uh, another twenty five, thirty pounds here off the old body. Your timing is is really good because you're about to roll into the season where all like the New Year's resolutioners mm-hmm. are gonna be filling the gym. So if you can get yourself in a routine before, before that. that happens, yes, that, you're gonna be set by the time that they're all, all rolling. That was kind so. of the I didn't want to be that person, you know. So I started uh, I wanna say first week of December here and I've kept it up pretty consistently of you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five times a week and uh, just kind of grinding away here. But if you're doing that one mountain course, you get as much cardio walking that yeah, thing as you would in the not, gym. It's not the same, though, Evan. You know, when you're getting an actual burn in with a lift and, and some heavy cardio, like, it's just, it's not the same. And and I Evan, think, you wouldn't get, me and Jumbo are athletes, man. You wouldn't get it. I think I was, I honestly, I think. <laughs> Which I, one of us has played in World Lacrosse yeah, Championship? Yeah. Let's remember that. <laughs> I think I honestly, I was like trying to like fool myself a little bit thinking, oh yeah, I'm getting my steps in and this and that, but. You know, meanwhile, the, the number on the scale was going up and up and up and up. So uh, time to, to reel it back in. And, and I think just kind of putting that out there a little bit here will, will keep me accountable and uh, try and keep it going here. Uh, we haven't even talked about what's on the program here yet, fellas. Uh, of course, here in number one, we got our Stampede Stallions of the Week. The burning question is, Tino, will Evan be a part of it? He knows the rules. He's got to make a horse noise, or he does not get to pick his stallion of the week. If he does, you guys can go well, right we'll ahead. Just, we'll see. We'll don't go right, right ahead. And then uh, quarter number two, we got the CEO. Man, I've always wanted to be a CEO. Can I be the CEO of Lax Class? I could maybe do that. The CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, Mark Fine, will join us in quarter number two. Connor Fields of the Rachacha Nighthawks in quarter number three. Connor is on a heater along with his Nighthawks, who are 2-0. and We'll have Connor Fields on in quarter number three. And then Lax Class Lux. And, of course, who you got. We got we to gotta school the people here on who you got a little bit, Evan, uh, coming up in quarter four. Some people are going to be kicking themselves this week. I tell you. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. about all that coming up here on the program. Um, but now, fellas, uh, tighten up those belt buckles, throw on the chaps, pull on the boots, and hop aboard your horsey because we're heading for the Stampede Stables. <laughs> We have have reached We have reached the Stampede Stables, Tino. Uh, Evan, listen up here. Hang on one sec. 
Okay. Just one of those. That's all. One of those. Go ahead. That all, go ahead. That's all it takes to be a part of this, Evan. You, this go is ahead. your last chance. Have, have your go. Right, I'm muting. Evan, have you done karaoke no, he's or muted. anything? He's oh, muted. he's muted. Forget, okay. yeah, forget it. All right. Uh, Evan doesn't want to be a part of the podcast here for our Stampede Stallions. <laughs> he's got his pride in the way. <laughs> Uh, so Stampede Stallions of the Week brought to you by Stampede Tack in Western where Kevin is going to be so disappointed in you, Evan. My word. Uh, Stampede Tack, they got it all there, but one thing that they sell a lot of is the classic Storm Rider jean jacket. This is the perfect time to get yourself a little denim in your life. Stylish, warm. It does it all, this Storm Rider jean jacket. Check it out online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Or you can head out there to the Dale of Clover. They've been there since 1966, corner of Highway 10 and 180th. And go pull on a Storm Rider in store. Make a perfect Christmas gift as well. I got to head out to the to the compound there in Cloverdale, Kino. I got a little... Lax class swag for uh, for the sponsors here on the podcast. I might have a little something for you and Evan, too. Now I'm kind of reconsidering Evan. If he doesn't want to be a part of Stallions, I don't know if we should give him a swag or not. I'll take Evan's. Don't yeah, worry. well, uh, we got to meet up, and uh, I'll get you a little something along with uh, the good folks out there at Stampede. Well, hey, Jake, I was going to say, you mentioned they make a great Christmas gift. Mm. Jen was just telling me the other day she's she's looking for a new pair of blennies. So. Oh, I was, I was, I know a guy. Yeah. You, I think I know what I'm doing this weekend. Tino, I'm telling you, you go in there, tell them who you are. Mention, you know, hey, I'm on Lax Class. I'm with Jake. Oh, we, we remember I had to go there and get the cowboy oh, yeah. hat. Oh, that's right. So you're getting, you're getting the smoking deal when you walk into <laughs> to Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Um, Stampede Stallions of the Week, man. You can go first. All right. Um, I did this last week, and I know you said that uh, you don't necessarily love to give it to someone in a losing effort, but I, and I did it last week anyways. I'm doing it again this ah. week. And I think I know who you're going to pick, um, and I think this pick makes your pick even more impressive, that their performance. Right. I'm going with Tom Schreiber, and the reason why I'm going with Tom Schreiber is because, yeah, he put up three points. Like That's pretty standard for for the one they call Captain America. The guy fired 14 shots on goal at the same time as picking up 11 loose balls. And I think like I watched that game when I got home from work and I, I didn't really, I mean, you, you see Tom Schreiber doing what he does and I didn't really think anything of it. Cause he's going, he's an incredibly special player. You know, when, when he's just doing his thing, you're like, yeah, Tom's doing his thing. No, no big deal. But looking at the stat sheet and seeing that he very quietly has 11 loose balls and he's firing 14 shots on goal was just remarkable to me. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I know who you're picking, and those 14 shots make his performance even better. They do, but, you know, I don't know if he would look at it like that. Like, he had 14 shots, that's great, but if you're not putting the ball into the goal, then how great is it, really? But Tom wasn't the only one. Challen and Corey and... Uh, Dan and Dan and Zach. I mean, other than Stevie Keogh, who had a couple, this Toronto offense could not beat my stallion of the week in Rylan, Ralphie, Hartley. Uh, holy cow, what a performance by this kid. We were questioning whether he was going to be even healthy enough to play this year. 
and he has come into the right. Evan Kirk, who? Like, do you even remember that now after these first two games here from Hartsey? Like, this has been real impressive, and I think he, in particular, has his Nighthawks believing that they can beat anybody in this league because he is going to play like that on a consistent basis all season long. Yeah, and I've wondered about Hartley for like a long time. I've wondered how sustainable his play can be just because you see him like do the splits to make a save that somebody would make. Have you seen this kid with his pads off, Tino? Yeah, oh, he's he's in great shape. Yeah, he's an absolute toothpick, though. I've just wondered... I've just always wondered, like, is he a little bit more prone to injury when he's making these movements? And obviously, I hope not. Like, you're never hoping for somebody to get injured. But he's in a, he's on a heater right now, the way he played in game one and the other night. And if he can continue with this confidence, like, if I'm that defense, I can play. Not that you want to play looser, but I'm not as panicked if I know that he's behind me playing as good as he's playing. Last chance, and, Evan. And Last chance to make a horse noise here. You're getting muted again. No? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Tino. Oh, I muted Tino. I muted Tino. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Sorry. That was that selfish. Was, yeah, that was really bad. Sorry, Tino. I just want to add one more thing, Jumbo, yeah. as well. That new mask that he's wearing, too. Yeah, pretty good. Unreal. So nice. Yeah, pretty good. So, Hartley. And Schreiber, you are this week's Stallions of the Week. Curtis Dixon, just so you know, you would have been in the stable this week, but Evan refused to do a horse noise. So, no to Curtis Dixon. You are not in the stable this week as uh, Stallion of the Week. You can blame Evan for that. Let's take a break here. Quarter one is now complete. Quarter two is on deck. Mark Fine, CEO, Las Vegas Desert Dogs, home opener this weekend. We'll talk to him about it all on the other side. Stick with us. This is NLL Hall of Famer Steve Toll. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two here on EP 214. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. And now joining Lax Class for the very first time, he is the CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. It's Mark Fine on the podcast. Mark, thanks so much for making some time here for us on Lax Class. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate you guys having me. Uh, we appreciate you coming on here. I know it's been a, a real busy week for you, and and probably to go back a little further than that, Mark, a busy year and a half leading up to this weekend, which will be your home opener down there in Sin City. A lot of work is, has gone on behind the scenes and leading up to this game, but it's it's right there in front of you now, Mark. you got to be real excited about December 16th. We're very excited. Uh, Like you said, Jake, it's been a year and a half. My first day on the job was June 1st, 2021. Uh, We announced uh, that we were bringing lacrosse to Las Vegas with uh, Wayne and Joe back on June 21st, 2021. Steve and Dustin, obviously part of uh, the ownership group too. So it's amazing to think of, you know, everything that we've accomplished and had to go through in a year and a half of building up a business really from start. I was employee number one. Uh, I had a lot of support from uh, the folks with uh, Josiah sports 
uh, in building out a front office here. Ultimately, uh, Joe and, and Rich Tao, our alternate governor, hiring Sean Williams as our head coach uh, and him build, building out a, a roster and a coaching staff. And and here we are. Uh, it's uh, we're ready. Yeah, uh, we are. We, we're ready. And, and it's it's time to to go into the next chapter. I, I certainly am ready for the next chapter of uh, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs lacrosse story. Well, let's, uh, before we kind of get into all that, Mark, maybe let people know, you know, like you mentioned, you were the very first hire by the organization and just maybe let people know your background, how you landed in Vegas, how you came to to be with Josiah and, and how all that worked, how you got put in the position that you're in. I saw you're in the Las Vegas Business Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's another Mark Fine, who's a season oh, okay. <laughs> We get confused with each other. Uh, it's like I me actually, and the Philadelphia Eagles uh, place kicker with Jake Elliott. We, we get that a lot, too. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Mark is a season ticket member. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, he's in the Las Vegas Business Hall of Fame. He was like a founding father of uh, development here in the Las Vegas area and a, and a great guy. We've become friends with each other. Uh, my background is prior to coming out here a year and a half ago, I was with the Brooklyn Nets as their VP of team marketing. <clears throat> I had been with the Nets for two years. I had joined the Nets when, when Joe Sy was a minority owner. Uh, six months later, after I joined the Nets, uh, he became majority owner. I got to work with Joe and his team almost from the start. Uh, they flew me out to Alibaba headquarters uh, in China just six weeks into the job. Uh, and we worked on, you know, strategy around uh, what the net the Nets game against the Lakers uh, in October of that year, um, you know, was something that was, uh, you know, very important to us in building our brand. And um, so I was very involved in that. And I went back out there in October of 2019 for the game against the Lakers and was out there for two weeks. And so I got to know Joe and, and, and his folks uh, that uh, report uh, to him, Rich Tao, Ming Wong you know, pretty well. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was with the Nets during the COVID time. And this is an opportunity that came up. I had spent the majority of my career in marketing. Um, and here was an opportunity to oversee a full business operation and not only oversee it, but you're not inheriting, you're, you're starting it completely from scratch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you learn some things along the way, um, you know, in terms of just opening up a, a physical office, um, and, you know, hiring all the employees and, uh, you know, just the day-to-day the, the -day of, uh, that, of things that come up with any small business owner, um, I got to learn. And uh, it, it's been very rewarding. And, and what I, about lacrosse, Mark? That any experience or background in that? Like, did you know about the National Lacrosse League or the sport in general coming yeah. into this role? So I, I actually lived in Salisbury, Maryland. So I was D ah, three followed. Life. Yeah, I followed the Seagulls, uh, you know, pretty closely uh, in grade school and high school. And I also uh, worked at the beginning of my career at Comcast Spectacor uh, when we were marketing the Wings. So uh, in the two thousand, I was involved with the Wings in the two thousand five two thousand six season. Uh, we hosted an old school night. I remember at the Wings uh, then it was uh, the old school movie was out. We had Blue come out uh, for the special <laughs> face off. Um, so, yeah, I was involved with the Philadelphia Wings um, in their marketing and game presentation way back when. And that's how I knew the NLL. It was a great product. Uh, the Wings at the time, Hollywood Marichek, I remember we uh, oh. retired his number. 
uh, at a Wings game, and and their, the support at Wings games was was fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. In the lead up to the season, uh, you know, back in July, there was I remember a season ticket holder event which had to be moved because there were too many people that signed up for it. Uh, you know, a lacrosse clinic that well, I think there were what, over three hundred kids that attended. Last count, I know there was over two thousand season ticket hold sold, which. Is about double or triple what the Rush had, I think, their first season in Saskatoon. You've got to be excited about the fan engagement to this point. We're really lucky. We're going to finish, or at least we're going to, we're probably going to be at a little over 2,100 season tickets as we go into game one on Friday. And uh, I think it's remarkable. It says something remarkable about this community. Uh, I think it is different than other communities. I think uh, people in Las Vegas are willing to try things that they don't know anything about. Um, my joke is 70, 80% of the people that have bought season tickets have no idea what they bought. Uh, they are not familiar with the sport of box lacrosse. When we had, uh, Evan, we had a uh, season ticket member event back on November 20th at the arena itself where we had kind of an open practice. And many people came up to me and said, this is the first time I've ever seen a box lacrosse game. Yeah. So we are starting, you know, not just in elementary school, we're starting in preschool. Um, we are really starting with our ABCs right now in terms of learning what the game is. And it's exciting uh, because I think what we've tried to do in, in our marketing is show the similarities between ice hockey and uh, box lacrosse. And if you look at our ownership group, uh, Wayne and Steve, who are Canadians and grew up playing box lacrosse and cheering box, you know, for uh, box lacrosse teams, uh, that resonates with folks. Um, and hockey obviously is really big here. Uh, VGK, they really trailblazed, um, you know, six years ago when they arrived, uh, here in the Las Vegas market and they did everything right. And we've tried to follow that path in a way, uh, to show a lot of the similarities between the two games. And I think that's, what's gotten, I think that's part of the reason you're seeing a lot of excitement, but now I think finally, uh, with guys wearing our Jersey, uh, that we can finally show in our advertising and in our marketing and our social content. We're excited about actually putting on uh, the show um, rather than just talking about it. Yeah. Well, we're here with Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. And I don't know, maybe you can let the fans inside a little bit here. This is going to come out on Tuesday, Mark, a few days ahead of schedule before the home opener. But for fans that are going to walk into to the arena to watch the Desert Dogs, what can they expect to see when they get there? Yeah, every fan in attendance will get a rally towel as they enter the building. Um, we are going to have uh, we are going to have all four owners in attendance, and they're going to be part of our pregame ceremonies. Awesome. Oh, I was going to um, ask you that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we're asking folks to arrive by seven ten p.m. so that they're in their seats by then uh, to 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 be part of uh, opening ceremonies that they're sure not to forget. We're going to have uh, Ka before uh, by Cirque du Soleil uh, performing at halftime. Uh, is doing only, you know, trying to be as Vegas as possible. We're introducing um, a party zone area that we're calling the doghouse. Nice. Um, nice. That it's going to be a, a fun area behind one of our goals. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty memorable. And um, now you're going to be able to like play blackjack while you're watching the game in, in the doghouse. Is that going to be? A well, thing? you're not going to be too far away from it. That's for uh, sure. Okay. Uh, you're not going to be too far away from the tables. Uh, I, I think our show, and uh, we're fortunate to have you know, a lot of help. Uh, Steve Vollmer is our executive creative director. 
has really worked hard with our team at three point productions um, on what the show is going to look like and, and making it really special for game one. And ESPN, uh, ESPN game of the week for game one as well. Right, Mark? Did ESPN two games. So we're very fortunate on that. It's going to be nationally broadcast. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, all the stars are lining up for us right now. Um, we're doing our best here over this next week to drive as many people to the game as possible. We think that it's, it's an historic game for us, and we hope to have as close to a full house as possible. And of course, one of the early decisions made that I thought was a stroke of brilliance was getting the Michelob Ultra Arena locked down. You know, a place that's on the strip, it's accessible. People are going to be able to see it relatively easy. Tell us about it. Tell us, you know, why the Michelob Ultra Arena? Yeah, you mentioned it, Evan. It's on the strip. It's uh, it seats ninety four hundred for lacrosse, so that's a really good size for us. Uh, I can say as a as a marketer, you know, to be able to have a, a hotel casino attached to your arena or inside of your arena, um, it's pretty remarkable because it, it expands our DMA. Right, we're able to go beyond just people uh, here in Las Vegas, and of course, you have tourists coming in. But what I mean by is. We're able to approach uh, lacrosse organizations in Reno, in southern Utah, in California, in Arizona, because we can make a trip of it. You can make a weekend of it, and you never have to leave the building. Um, and you're going to see us, you know, like the other teams here in town, uh, we're going to welcome opposing team fans. Um, we're going to welcome the folks from Saskatoon and Calgary. In fact, we uh, we were. Well, let's here. not get carried away here. Saskatoon yeah. is one. The Calgary. I mean, come on, Mark. We well, I'm going to give you a story. Uh, I'm going to give you a story on Calgary. So, the Knights are playing uh, Calgary Flames on February 23rd, and we're playing uh, Calgary uh, the Rough Riders on February 24th. So that was intentional. Um, you know, is so that you you know the folks in Calgary uh, can make a weekend of it. And we're looking to do things like that more and more uh, because our group's business, you know, Evan, you talked about our season ticket business and that's going to land us, like I said, about a little over 2,100 season tickets. Uh, you know, now I think we're going to be sell we're selling singles and we're going to be selling groups and the group opportunities, uh, especially with a Mandalay Bay, allow you to go way outside of just Las Vegas. Well, just to stay on that kind of theme here for a sec mark i mean you're talking february 24th when the roughnecks and all that comes this weekend right here i mean you got what you got the pac-12 championship going on you got the las vegas desert dogs home opener going on you got the golden knights playing the new york islanders on saturday night and then the raiders are at home on sunday night as well like i don't think you can get yeah, any better than this weekend, and they're all within walking distance. right That's up before part. Christmas. Like, uh, put this this weekend in Vegas under the tree for me because I think I want to take advantage of it. You know, Las Vegas is the number forty TV DMA market in the United States. It's a small market; it's about two and a half million people. Uh, number forty-one is Oklahoma City. So think of it: if Oklahoma City were to have the number <laughs> of events that Las Vegas has. It is pretty remarkable. Unreal. Uh, and you corrected me, the Calgary Roughnecks. Yeah, uh, I'm saying. Yeah. 24th. Um, uh, it, it is pretty remarkable uh, how many events uh, Las Vegas can host. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, beginning of the NFL season, the Patriots-Raiders game, which I've I, I, I been so out of the loop, I think it's actually been flexed to be d during the day on Sunday because neither team is, is, uh, has played as yeah, well as they yeah. thought. I hear you. I hear you. 
Um, but uh, it, that was the hottest ticket in the NFL going into the season yeah. from a, a secondary ticket market. So, you know, Vegas is it, we're hosting the Super Bowl next year. F1 is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the it's going to be the sports. It is the sports and entertainment capital of the world. And that leads me to the next question is, you know, six years ago, Vegas was a very new pro sports market. You know, the Golden Knights, everybody thought, how is this going to work? And, and, you know, Golden Knights proved everybody wrong. But now you've got the WNBA, you've got arena football, you've got the Raiders, NBA and Major League Baseball are not far off. And, of course, you're also competing with 400 shows a night in Vegas. How do the Desert Dogs position themselves when there's a lot of competition out there looking for the same dollar? Well, look, you have to be community first. And Evan, you were at our uh, our open clinic that we had where Joe was actually on the field yep. uh, um, as one of the coaches. Uh, we have to be very community first. And honestly, we, if we just relied on the lacrosse community here, we wouldn't have full houses. I mean, we, we, ha- we have to grow the game, uh, but understand that we're going to be reaching people with the game for the first time. Uh, so, you know, for us, I think what, where we have stood out thus far and where we have certainly a lot of work still to do is you're a product that's on Friday and Saturday nights this year. You are an affordable ticket, you know, tickets start at $25 with us and you're relatively, you're a two, two hour, 15, two hour and 30 minute experience Quick at, at a very convenient place in a fast moving game, much like people are used to seeing when they go to ice hockey games here. You know, having come from basketball and then before that baseball to only have nine home games, uh, you can see the convenience uh, that that strikes uh, when getting somebody to uh, commit to a season ticket package because time is is more valuable than money in in, in a lot of ways. Um, You know, and and I think that has made a difference in in getting you know people in. And, And again, I credit the Las Vegas community for being so accepting of, you know, trying something that's different that they're not necessarily familiar with. What uh, here with Mark Fine, CEO of the Desert Dogs, and and we just had Brett Frew, the the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, on the show last week, Mark, and and you know one of the things that he really kind of emphasized was they got to do a better job. Everybody needs to do a better job of establishing grassroots throughout the yeah. United States. Like it's pretty well established here in Canada and in particular a, a few of the markets, but we need more at, at down South and, and throughout the U S. So, you know, I'm, you mentioned the clinics and, and having Joe out there coaching, but maybe just give us a general synopsis of what the landscape looks like now, as far as lacrosse goes field and box lacrosse mark and, and where you guys want to kind of take that. Well, I would say out of the 15 teams in the NLL, we're 15 in terms of number of participants. And I would have said that six, seven years ago, Vegas Golden Knights would have found themselves at number 31 uh, out of the 31 NHL teams in terms of number of ice hockey participants. We've got a thousand kids, girls plus boys, 17 and under, playing recreationally or, or or in club. We... We want to get up and running as a franchise here so that when somebody comes to our game, they have a fantastic time. Uh, they want to, they're interested in learning more about how they can play the sport. I think the shorter and longer term, because it's now short term, is that within the upcoming weeks and months, as we establish ourselves and our games and we get coming to our games 
right, you know, making sure the hot dogs are warm, <laughs> making sure uh, the tickets work, yeah. uh, and making sure we have butts and seats, then we can sort of expand uh, beyond some of the things that we've already done in the community where, especially in box, I mean, we can really own box here. Uh, our practice facility, you would say, is at a place called Las Vegas Sports Park, which is in the Summerlin area, which is a suburb here in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, and where we get a decent amount of our season ticket members from. We built a box rink outdoors, much like you would see in San Diego. I saw that. Yeah. And uh, and Evan, it was, it was the same field that you mm-hmm. had, that field. We're now, you know, able to have our own leagues, you know, should we want to. Yeah. We've got to get to that point. I mean, it's kind of starting a business and it's walk before you run. It's crazy walk- how much you drink from a fire hose. Sorry, Mark. You know, like oh, to, totally. start, to start up a franchise from scratch, never mind, you know, construction, the roster and all that branding. And I mean, there is just an endless amount of things on a list that you think is just never going to end before you need to swing open the doors. There, uh, it's a never ending list for sure <laughs> that we can certainly agree to. Uh, there's just, cause there's always ways that I think you can be doing more and, uh, you know, growing this game. So, you know, we are, we're a smaller front office staff. There's 11 of us. And that includes, you know, Sean Williams, our head coach and general manager and Cody Mull, our assistant GM. So there's nine of us on the business side that are full-time and two on the lacrosse operations side. So there's a lot to be done. And I would say. How many players in market, Mark? How many players you got in market? Right now there's four to five players. I think there's four right now. It'll be five after opening night. Uh, And look, I think that, you know, the players that are here are having the time of their lives. They're having a great time. Uh, They're in our offices every now and then uh, over the last few weeks, which, which has been great. Uh, and we want to encourage, obviously, the guys to, uh, you know, those who wish to, to relocate here because it is a great quality of life here. And uh, obviously, the more guys that make Las Vegas their home, the better it is for, you know, us uh, to, to, to grow roots here and to be part of the game at a grassroots level. And I think you're going to start to see that, you know, probably similar to what Brett said, is that you're going to see us, you know, really grow. And the box game has plenty of room to grow here in this market for sure of course you had uh game one last week in, yeah. down in fort worth yeah. uh you know considering the fact that three forwards were out of the lineup <laughs> all yeah. with injuries and what have you um you know they didn't get blown out no they, they competed nice little scrap uh, in there too mark hey, you little... got a scrap yeah. unfortunately yeah, you didn't yeah, get you know, subak yeah. yeah yeah unfortunately didn't get a Zach Greer ball in the face. I don't know if you saw that incident in Saskatchewan. I didn't. But... Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah yes. they sold 4,000 tickets the next week after that one. But right. uh, what's your takeaway from game one? You know, I, I like that we played on the road the first game. Uh, I got to tell you, from a personal standpoint, it was really exciting to fly down there, uh, see it for myself, uh, you know, see fans interact with each other on social media, watching the game here at home. And, uh, you know, I thought the team played incredibly well. It's, it's unfortunate we could come up with a W, um, but we certainly played them close. And I know our guys are excited to be here this week and, and hopefully come out with a win here. But uh, it was great to, you know, Greg obviously does a fantastic job. Greg Bibb down in uh, Panther City. Um, you know, so I, it, was, it was good for us to see uh, how another team does it. Um, we did a little of that last year. 
I had a chance to, obviously we went to San Diego or uh, Joe owns the San Diego team as well. Uh, I had a chance to go to Vancouver uh, too. Uh, so to see how, how teams do this uh, certainly is, we can learn um, from everywhere we go. Uh, but it was it was good to be down there. I like that we played our first game on the road. It gave us a chance to, you know, get some things in place uh, that we want to have in place for for our game this coming Friday. And you got the rematch here. Same, well, same rematch. Panther City coming into town here. Looking to even Hard up. To twice, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what we're hoping. All right, Mark. Well, is that your plan to to travel with the team most uh, most of no, the year? No, uh, I won't be traveling. I wanted to travel in the first game uh, just to see for myself, just to be there to support our head coach, uh, Sean Williams. But uh, I'll probably head to the outdoor game in San Diego March 4th. Yeah, uh, why, not? why not? You know, Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see how that goes. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's just as important for me to be sitting by the TV to make sure everything looks good. Uh, to our fans at home who are watching either, either via TV or on ESPN Plus. Yeah, or watch party too. I saw a little watch party yeah. going down in Vegas yeah. as well. Mark, yeah. uh, this was fantastic, man. I really Thank appreciate you your me. time and, and best of luck here with the home opener. Maybe we'll see you uh, up in Vancouver if you make the trip, but there's an outside chance I might see you down in Vegas this weekend as well. Uh, best of luck with the Desert Dogs, man, and, and we'll do this again if you're up for it. You got it. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Evan. All right, there you go. Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Looks like they got the right man in charge down there in Sin City, Evan. Yeah, it's it's exciting. The number of tickets have been sold. The atmosphere is going to be there. You know, to hear that cause performing. Vegas does it better than everybody else. If, if you've never been to a Golden Knights game, get down and check it out because it's a totally different experience from what you'll see at any other NHL game. And, uh, you know, we expect nothing but the best experience when we get to Vegas, and I'm certain we're going to see it. Oh, and you got Wayner, you got DJ, you got Nashy, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Joe going to be there as well. That's really exciting stuff uh, for Las Vegas and the Desert Dogs. They're taking on Panther City. It's the ESPN Game of the Week, and uh, you can check it out on tsn.ca as well. Great chat there with Mark Fine. we got another one coming up right after halftime. It's a guy that was a member of the Desert Dogs for about 30 seconds. But now he's with the Rochester Nighthawks. It's Connor Fields on the other side. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Sean Williams. You're listening to Lack Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and boxing cross. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the second half, uh, which is brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. I don't know why I just had a mental block there. AssociatedLP.com. That stands for Labels and Packages. And I was just kind of perusing the Associated website, and there's all sorts of interesting stuff on there. But one of the things they put on is quality is key. And why is it key? We source and create all of our materials in North America to ensure the highest quality, to improve timing, reliability, and reduce our carbon footprint. This also aligns with our IFS, Pack Secure Certification. Uh, You know, that may 
sound a little confusing to people, but the point is, is these people at Associated Labels and Packaging, they focus on quality. And who doesn't want that when you're spending your hard-earned money? Associated Labels and Packaging, need a label, need a package. Those are your people. Speaking of people, this person is back on the podcast for a second time. And for good reason, as he's got his Nighthawks out to a 2-0 start and 17 points in those first two games. For one, Connor Fields back on Lax Glass. Connor, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, welcome back to Lax Glass, and congrats on the 2-0 start here. Yeah, well, well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, huge fan of the podcast, so it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on again. Oh, man, I uh, love to hear that. Uh, and just before we started recording here, uh, you mentioned your fiancé kicked you out to your car. Fiancé, you're getting married. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yep. As you can see, who uh, who runs the household over here, I, uh, I got kicked out of yeah, the car. So, uh, when? yeah, we're getting married New Year's Eve, so pretty uh, Oh, pretty it's exciting. coming up. New Year. <laughs> where, where, tell me about this before we get into it all, Connor. Where uh, Where's the nuptials going down? What's the plan? Oh, uh, we're we're excited. It worked out perfect. Where uh, we got a bye weekend for for Rochester on New Year's Eve, so you know it worked out great there. Uh, we're getting married in Buffalo out here, so uh, we're just counting down the days now. I think we're 19 days out, um, but yeah, now we're just pretty much making sure everything's together. But you know, I think it's uh, you know we're super excited and uh, you know ready just to be married. Big party going down New Year's Eve in Buffalo, and it's not for New Year's <laughs> Eve. It's the Connor Fields wedding going down. That's that's awesome stuff. Evan, fire away. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into the season that we've got so far, obviously a tough situation where you got left unprotected in the expansion draft, but it's got to feel pretty good that a team like the Nighthawks goes out and seeks you out and makes the deal with Vegas to acquire you. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely... Um you know, it was a boost of confidence. And I think, you know, you know, I'm sure if you ask any, any player or, you know, anyone for that matter, um, you know, it just, just for, you know, to feel that confidence and to have, you know, that, I guess. It's like an know, endorsement, much, right? It's, it's an, a belief in, in you as a, as a person and a player, Connor. It, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it makes you be able to go out there and play loose. And, you know, I've, Ever since, you know, the first practice, first of training camp, you know, it's been nothing but, you know, great things here in, in Rochester. And I think, you know, it's really a testament to, you know, the management and, you know, the coaching staff and even the players. You know, it's a great culture to be a part of. Um, but, you know, it's been, you know, it's been nothing but the best so far. On the flip side of that, Connor, left being left unprotected by Buffalo is obviously a very good team. You take a run to the championship again last year. How difficult was that conversation with Steve Dietrich? And did you take some personal motivation away from that saying, I'll show you sort of thing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's never uh, an easy conversation to have, right. You know, you, you feel like you give everything you have right to a team and, and obviously coming up short and, you know, right after that game, you know, it's especially the NL finals, you get a taste of the, you know, the finals um, and, you know, you just want that much more hungry for next year. So, you know, obviously uh, it was tough losing that finals and, you know, just, just uh, it was a quick turnaround, right? I think a week later or two weeks later was when the protected lists were due, Yeah. Um, you know, so just to kind of have that, it was kind of a, you know, a double punch there. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Know, I didn't even I, think I just, about that, man. That that's pretty hardcore when you, when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it definitely, uh, 
definitely stung a little bit. Um, you know, being from Buffalo too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, Man. it, it was yeah. uh tough, tough pill to swallow for sure. But you know, I like I've, I've you know said this before too, but I totally respect respect their decision. And you know, I know they made the decision that they felt was best for the team. And you know, I I have nothing but great things to say about Buffalo. Um, but you know, inside, I think any player you know would be lying to you if they said it didn't you know motivate them at all or, or, or bother them at all. So, you know, for me personally, I took it as, uh, you know, uh, a boost in, in motivation. And I think, you know, obviously when you're going out and playing, you know, for, for me, like for me right now with Rochester, right during the game, it's not something I think about, no. you know, being left unprotected, but, you know, in training all summer and, and in preparation for the season, that was <laughs> yes. something that really stuck in my head. Just wait till yeah. you go play the Buffalo Bandits. Just imagine. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, you, you end up in Vegas. You get selected by Vegas. And I think they knew when they picked you, and you probably knew when they did as well, that wasn't going to really work out. You wanted to kind of be closer to your home in, in Buffalo and on the East Coast. And, and you get the flip there uh, to Rochester, who are – now out to a 2-0 start here. And, Connor, like, I, you know, I think about your time in, in San Diego and your time in Buffalo to where you are now in Rochester, and I think the biggest difference is it's not, you know, your ability or your skills have substantially improved or anything like that. You've just been elevated up the depth chart to a proverbial number one in that offense, and you're now showing what your full potential is. Do you – do you kind of feel like those early years that you were behind some guys and it was hard to, to kind of really showcase yourself. And now you're in a great position in Rochester where seemingly you have a, an offense that all wants to work together here, Connor, but the ball is going through number 10 stick quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's a, you know, a testament to, you know, I think, you know, to answer your question, you know, the first part of it, you know, it, in being in San Diego and in being in Buffalo, you know, even in here in Rochester, right. There's great players on every team, um, you know, who've been established with that team, you know, to, you know, for a while now. So um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, with those teams, you know, throughout my whole career, I've always just tried to make the best out of, you know, the opportunity I was given. Um, and yeah, I think I, you know, I was given, you know, a smaller role on those teams, which, you know, I've, have nothing to complain about you know I was obviously loved my time in in San Diego and in Buffalo and you know I was very happy to be there um but yeah you know I think it just helps me you know as a player one knowing that you know the coaching staff and the management has that much confidence in me to you know be be pushing the ball through my stick a little bit more um but two I think it's really is a you know a testament to you know the the players you know for the Nighthawks right now I think we all kind of have been gelling together in, in a quick fashion. And I think, you know, it's just a very selfless group that, you know, puts the team first, no matter, you know, I think if you talk to any one of us, it doesn't matter, you know, who scores the goals, who has the assists, you know, or, or, or whatnot. It, it, at the end of the day, all that matters is going one and know each week. So it's, you know, it's, I've been very lucky throughout my career to have great coaching, you know, management and play with a lot of great players. So, you know, it's a testament to that as well. I think I learned a lot throughout my career so far in the NLL. I got to ask here quickly, Connor, number 10, correct me if I'm wrong. Usually a number five guy, is this a, a case where you want to be twice as good as you were before? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I think 10's kind of, uh, you know, five I've been comfortable with, you know, obviously it's been my number since, uh, since college and, you know, obviously having it being taken, um, my birthday is actually October 10th. Okay. So, you know, 10, 10, 
uh, there's just a lot of my fiance's birthday is on the 10th. We started actually dating on the 10th. So I just felt like 10 kind of a, a lucky I number. Take it, man. And, uh, I love, you know, you normally know, guys, I, Connor, they say like, Oh, that's what I got given in minor. And I just kind of stuck with <laughs> this is actually, there's some actual <laughs> thought going into this number selection. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure for, for players, you know, on my team, listen to this, I'm going to get a hard time for in the locker room with the, uh, but the fiance story part of it, but, um, but yeah, that was just kind of, you know, a lucky number and you yeah. know, I've stuck to it. Hey, you might as well get the five bucks out already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure this one's coming up in court. <laughs> yeah. Last week, of course, you had a situation where Ryland Hartley stole the show, you know, like you, this is a high powered Toronto offense and he just absolutely shut the door. And it's an interesting situation because, he came off this injury. You never know how a goalie's going to recover from it. What have you seen from Ryland Hartley so far that maybe we don't know? Ralphie, he was on one, Connor. Holy cow there. That was oh, unbelievable. Hart, yeah, Hart, he's, he is, you know, I think I've been a huge fan of his, you know, ever since we got drafted together in San Diego, um, you know, and and I think he's, I think the world of him, you know, just come, you know, and, and to be able to battle through an injury, like you said, and come back better than ever, you know, I think is, is such a, you know, testament to his work ethic and, you know, just how he is as a player and as a person, you know, I, I love being a part of his team. And, you know, the funny thing is, and in practice and in games, you know, everyone talks about those big saves that he makes that are jaw dropping saves, but you know, you ask anyone on our team and it's just, it's just another save for, for Hartsy. I think, you know, he just makes so many of those saves that it's almost normal for him to do it for, for us to see now. So it's, it's just so much, you know, it's, it's so nice having a, a goalie, you know, obviously who could hold, who could make those unbelievable saves and keep you in any game, no matter what. And, you know, I've been lucky in my career to have that, um, you know, throughout my, my, you know, career in the NLL, um, but having him back there, he's been, you know, phenomenal. And it just makes you play with even more confidence knowing that you have that brick wall behind you. Yeah. He needs to be, he needs to be a flexibility coach for the team as well. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I, uh, <laughs> And then you got Hutch, you got Hutch behind him. Uh, and and just to finish off on Hartley here, Connor, like he likes to have a good time, that Rylan Hartley too. Like he's he likes to have some fun. Oh, he's a, he's definitely a partier, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh the, the funny part is if you if you try to talk to him and you know, in the locker room and stuff like that, all the guys are like, Don't try to talk to him on game day. Wow. He, he won't say a word to you, and I'm like, Yeah, we'll see about that. You know, so I start Every every game that you know, I try to get a couple words out of him, and he won't. He just has a straight face. Won't break character. I'm shooting around end until the game time, and it's it's like a stone cold face. It looks like he wants to murder someone. Yeah. So I, you know, I learned to keep my distance now. I've seen it. And then you got uh, Hutchcraft waiting in the wings behind him. I think a a situation in Rochester like they haven't had since the the rebrand there, where. Real to like they can be confident in, in both their goaltenders at any given time. As we speak with Connor Fields here, and you know you you've had a, a couple of games now to to work with Katoni uh, and, and Turner Evans, and but the other guy on the other side of the floor that I've been keeping a close eye on here is Tommy Hogarth. And Hoagie, like you, you know, just coming off another Man Cup championship, this guy just seems to win wherever he goes, and. I don't. You tell me, Connor. Like I feel like Thomas Hogarth is maybe one of the most underappreciated players in the league. Hoagie, yeah, I I completely agree. I think he's got the the silkiest mitts in the league. That's for sure too. It's uh, it's been you know nothing but a pleasure you know to play with him. He's he is 
you know, on another level in terms of, you know, of, of one being a team player, you know, putting the team first, but two, just putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, I've, I haven't <laughs> seen anything really like it, you know, and, and it, it's, it's so funny because you don't realize it too, but you know, when I'm just watching the film and going over prior games, you know, he had what four goals last game, but you know, he was open probably eight or nine more times where he could have, you know, put the ball in the net if, if you, if you would have gotten it. So it's, he, he's always open and, you know, like you said, he's a proven winner. And, you know, that always helps having in the locker room just, you know, it's a boost in confidence, you know, for the team. Um, but he just draws so much attention, you know, even, you know, most guys I feel like, you know, will draw the attention right when the ball's in, in your stick or, yeah. you know, in your stick for him. He doesn't the need defense it. Is always, yeah, exactly. The defense always have their eyes on him and it's, it's, it's super fun to play with him, you know, and, and just to watch some of the highlight real goals he puts in, you know, it's cool to see those too. What do you think is the easiest adjustment and the hardest adjustment from the field game to the box game? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's that an adjustment's a great way to put it. <laughs> it's definitely an adjustment, but um, yeah, you know, I would say probably the easiest uh, you know, adjustment is, you know, I think still passing and catching right? and, and shooting, Connor. Right, like it's still all the the basic fundamentals are there from both disciplines. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, obviously in the field across having the long pull on you, it makes it, you know, a little bit more of a challenge. Um, and, you know, having, I know there's, you know, a lot more spacing in, in the outdoor game, but still with, with that pull, you know, you need that much more separation from your defender to get that shot off, you know, where obviously the indoor game, you know, the, the, the toughest challenge, right. To, to adjust to the indoor game is, is that tight spacing. And obviously, you know, just getting the scoring touch, I feel like it takes, a little bit to get back into the swing of things, scoring on that small of a net with that big of a goalie. It's, yeah, that's it, right? It's the smaller net, bigger goalie. That's got to be yeah, the, yeah. Who made these rules, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what sense does that make? But uh, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a, a transition that takes a little bit. But um, yeah, I feel like each each league, you know, not each league, each you know, the outdoor game, the indoor game, they kind of you know, feed into each other a little bit. So I think, you know, playing both kind of gives you a little bit of advantage because, you know, you kind of adjust in, in different ways. What about sixes, Connor? Where you come out on that? Have you, have you tried sixes out any, like, have you played it? And, and what do you think of it? If you have, I, I actually haven't played it yet. Um, you know, I've been, I've been dying to play it. I think it's, uh, you know, the concept is pretty cool. Um, you know, I got to watch, you know, some of the, the, the world sixes that were going on, yeah. um, you know, and I think it was a lot of fun to watch. I think I, you know, caught a couple of games, but that, you know, USA Canada game was, was a fun one to watch. Um, I just feel like just you'd be it, a freak in that discipline. Like, I just think that that sixes is right up your alley as far as, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, you're, you're, you were a dominant field lacrosse player. You're a very good box lacrosse player. And I just feel like you are almost made for sixes. <laughs> well tell tell the coaching staff okay. right now. <laughs> I, will. I will i will they're listening they're, but, don't but get yeah, yourself they're uh, listening. It, it looks like a lot of fun to play so I'm, I'm dying to try it that's for sure well listen you're uh taking on albany this weekend by the way i hope you're appreciating my my background here on my my screensaver going with albany colors connor uh I, I saw that. Okay, I, I just, uh, I, just I, like to make, I just wanted to make note of that. But uh, going back to a, a city <laughs> that you're obviously pretty familiar with in the capital region, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Connor Fields fans in in the stands. But uh, what do the Nighthawks got to do here to to go three and zero and beat a 
an Albany team that that beat Buffalo in week one and I think surprised a lot of people. I'm expecting this to be a real good game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you look at us in Albany, right? It's two teams that coming into the season, you know, were were projected to be on the lower end, right? And, and, you know, I think they obviously had a huge win against a very good Buffalo team. Um, and I, you know, we had some, some pretty good wins, you know, as well. So, you know, I, we're, we're going out there expecting a battle, you know, it's obviously it's a, it's a, you know, East conference game. So, you know, it's, it's a huge game. Um, but, you know, I think we're just going out there and just focusing, you know, really on ourselves. We know how, you know, they have a great offense, a great defense, and obviously there's, you know, face-offs and goaltending are, are, are amazing as well. So, you know, I think we're just focusing on, you know, how we can get better and how we can improve from last week. And, you know, just trying to focus on going one and zero each week and, and what it takes to just go one and zero that week. So, you know, we know that obviously they're, they're coming off a big win too. So it, I think it's going to be a, you know, a very competitive, you know, very fast paced uh, game. And, you know, hopefully we come out on top. You got to play under the greatest box cross player of all time last year, John Tavares. What was your biggest takeaway from him? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously <laughs> he was, uh, like you said, right. An amazing player. And, you know, I, I grew up, you know, idolizing him going to bandits games. Um, you know, and I think, you know, takeaway from, from him, you know, is just his, you know, in different situations of the game, you know, how even keeled he is, right. Like he's never really rattled. And I think, you know, just, just in different situations in the game, you know, it helped me as a player, you know, obviously, um, being on you know on the bench with him last year it just helped me as a player kind of not settle the nerves but you know just knowing you know just to play level-headed and no matter if you're up three goals or down three goals you know play really every minute right like it's a zero zero game and I think uh you know that was one thing I really took away from him you know I think he helped me a lot too in terms of you know some he, I was trying to pick his brain a lot in terms of scoring right on like we were talking about earlier right smaller nets bigger goalies it didn't make sense to me, but, you know, he just, you know, hearing some things that, you know, uh, that he had to say, you know, and he scored a couple goals in his career. So it's, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, man, <laughs> like, when you play that long, you've probably seen just about everything that there is to see in a lacrosse game where you're not going to get rattled or flustered by it. And, you know, you watching JT and, and those old games in Buffalo at the odd and in, in the spectrum in Philly, like today's game is a lot calmer and cooler than it was back in, in say the early nineties, Connor. Like it was <laughs> it was pretty wild and hairy back then. So you can imagine why JT's so calm and collected. Yeah. That makes complete sense. I mean, it's uh I've definitely seen some some clips and you know, I've been lucky enough to play for another um, you know, NL legend Darius Kilgore, yeah. you know, throughout juniors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> just watching his his highlights too. It, it was definitely a, a different league back then. But you contrasting know, those, uh, probably contrasting coaching ones. styles between those two a little bit too. <laughs> like Darius Darius <laughs> yeah. runs pretty hot. Darius runs pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a little different, I guess you could say, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, both absolute legends. Connor, you're on your way to becoming one as well. I don't know what, what 17 points after. Evan, you can do this math. What, what's he on pace for here after 18 games, averaging uh, 17 after two? So he's averaging eight and a half times nine. You're looking at ballpark 78. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Eight, uh, 18 I'm way off yeah so you're looking at like what like 165 170 something points like that yeah keep it up yeah. man you can do it 
let's just let's just go by the averages right now and say that's, that's okay. The, uh, give me that point total for the rest of the season. <laughs> hey man, uh, appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Uh, keep it rolling with those Nighthawks, and uh, if you, if you you know if you if you get around like 140, 150, we're having you back on. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding you to it no. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me on i really appreciate it hey best of luck with the wedding and all that man too happy new year merry christmas and uh have a great wedding thank you guys and yeah happy holidays to you guys as well and go nighthawks there you go go nighthawks connor fields on the pod right there second appearance and evan Nighthawks here at two and zero, and and that guy right there, I think, is a major reason why. Obviously, Hartley coming back in and and doing what he's doing, but you know the Nighthawks, they look, they just look different. They're healthy. They're belie- they're confident. They're believing in each other, right? They're confident, and I don't know, man. Like, are I think they're for real. I really do. You know, like uh, I was going through the who you got picks this week, and it's like. What do I do with most of these games? Right, this season like it's way out of control. But yeah, you know, he comes from a situation where he's what the sixth, seventh guy down the depth chart. I wasn't expecting. That's something anybody was, but you know, good on him because I don't know what the player. I don't know what the player prop totals were for the points on Coolbet on Connor Fields, but. I bet you he is well on his way to blowing that. Probably number. halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> right out of the water. So uh, great chat there with Field Z. And we still got another quarter to go here on the show. Who you got? Lax Class Locks. It's all coming up. EP 214. Lax Class. Just back after this. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Ragusa with the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Quarter number four is now underway. Welcome back to the Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Santino Farah, Evan Schemenauer are all with you here. No more breaks on the podcast, uh, but still lots to talk about here on EP214. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I got I to gotta ask you, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, smash that five-star review button. Jot down a few words about the pod if you're enjoying what you're listening to. That really, really helps our engagement and our outreach. So please do that. Give us a follow on social media while you're at it, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. By the way, I am uh, trying to effort grabbing the handle Lax Class on Instagram Somebody has that handle. They have not posted anything since 2014. And uh, I want it. So I'm trying to figure out how to go through Instagram Help Center and take over that account. Uh, If anyone has any tips or help in that regard, you could slide into my DMs. Uh, Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page. Email address is lacrosseclassified at gmail. Dot com. Tino is at Ferratino. Evan is at Shemlax. I am at PXP, the number four. Sports, give us a follow. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. Ooh, it's a big luck, all right. 
Lax Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Don't forget now, classmates here. Uh, if you haven't signed up to Cool Bet yet, shame on you. But the time is is no better than right now to do so. First time depositors will be matched up to two hundred dollars by simply using the bonus code Lax Class. You sign up your account. Do all that sort of stuff before you deposit any money in there. Put that to that bonus code up in the top corner there. Lax class, one word, and Cool Bet will match you up to two hundred dollars. If you are already an established Cool Better, stay cool, bet responsibly, but also screenshot any bet you make on the National Lacrosse League. Tag Lax class and Cool Bet. We've had a few people do this already, Evan. And you automatically get entered into a draw for Cool Bet swag and NLL tickets that'll be happening every single month. Screenshot, tag Cool Bet, tag Lax Class, and win stuff. It's that simple. Anything to add to that, Evan? No. I mean, simple as that, right? All right. It, it takes you all of 30 seconds to put out a tweet, and you can win whole bunch of prizes there you go and uh you know with the odds pretty low right now or pretty high right now like if you get in on the ground floor of this uh new new contest here your chances of winning are going to be pretty high because there's you know just not a lot of people doing it quite yet it's going to happen but if you're going to get in now is the time to do it all right party you heard right there no money drop on the end of that uh intro and that's because tino screwed up the parlay last week. Uh, I did my job on Friday night, got got the over in Panther City in Vegas, and man, what it was over by like the end of the third quarter. No sweat mm-hmm. whatsoever there. So that was, you know, I was kicking back on Easy Street. Evan had to work uh, for it pretty hard. Like I said, Shamanauer, last week, it's going to be a tight game, which it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Fryer played very well. Yeah. Calgary, Vancouver. Like, I just realized right now that we didn't even talk about the games in quarter number one. So maybe we do that quickly here, fellas, as there was only four of them. Oh, Panther City gets by Las Vegas on Friday night, 13-11. And that was a pretty entertaining lacrosse game. But the the nightcapper on the Friday night, fellas, like, (laughs) I, (laughs) I still... I can't quite wrap my head around what I witnessed down there oh. at Pachanga Arena. Well, let me tell you what I witnessed. Okay, okay? I'm at the at the Desert Dogs viewing party, right? And it's early third quarter. Saskatchewan's on their run. I'm like, okay, it's a 35 minute drive home. It's time to go. This game's over. I get home and I shut my phone off. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe what's happening. Saskatchewan is not going to win with this goaltending. Sask is not bad. Like. What the heck just happened? I pull up the score and San Diego's got a one goal lead. And like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so they, they come back from what, a 10 3 deficit, Tino. Mm. They pump in, they go on like an eight or a nine goal run before Saskatchewan finally stops the bleeding. They end up going to overtime and uh, Superman in OT. Very close call, inches away from a crease violation, but it counts. And San Diego wins this thing 13 to 12. Tino, what? a lacrosse game this was like i i don't know how you can watch something like that and not instantly become a fan if you've never seen it before 
Yeah, and did I see or did I read that like Drew Brees was in the he crowd was, there yeah. or something? His kids play lacrosse. Yeah, he, he, he that, comes a couple big. times a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I was kind of in the same boat as Evan. I was at work. I had the game on in the background. I'm getting ready to leave for work, so I, I have like a half an hour walk back to my car, and I take my phone out halfway through. I'm scrolling. Half Twitter, an hour see, work to your car. Where, like, where are you parking to go to work? <laughs> Uh, I park on Station Street, kind of near Science World, and then I walk to basically Robson Square. What? Just to save money on parking or to get steps? Absolutely. In? What to, is? Well, I mean, the steps are a bonus, but you think I'm paying twenty bucks for parking? <laughs> right, Jumbo. We're not all money bags here. Well, maybe just hop on the Sky Train and for a stop or something. There, it's a good little exercise. All right, fair enough. We'll continue on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm halfway through my walk, I. I uh, open up the TSN app to to watch a little bit more of the game and like what's going on here? There's they're they're suddenly only down by two and have so much momentum that crowd is electric all of a sudden and yes, uh, Saskatchewan just looked like a shell of themselves at that point. Yeah, just the snowball started to roll and like Bouquet looked amazing in the first half and then almost completely different in the second half. It was a, it was just a wild game. If you haven't gone back and checked that puppy out, I suggest you do so. Then we move to Saturday, guys, and uh, I don't know how many people, well, I, I probably do know because uh, we got who you got, but c- couldn't have been a whole bunch of people picking Rochester over Toronto, but that's exactly what the Nighthawks do. 11-7, they just drubbed the Rock and Ryland Hartley. Like, I... This was maybe the most impressive win from the Nighthawks since their championship years. I don't know, man. Like this blew my mind watching this. And, and you know, there's even the little things that they did right. Like for example, when Billy Hosterhouser went after Paul Dawson, right, and Dawson mm. didn't take the bait. Yeah, he knew what was going on. He knew they're trying to do a momentum shift. Instead, he took the power play, and that's something that Dawson two years ago wouldn't have done. He yeah. would have been dropping the mitts and going. You know, maybe fatherhood's changed him. I don't know, but it, it was the smart play that kept the momentum. Yeah, like, going. I don't think Dawson was afraid to fight Billy or anything. He just realized, like, hey, we're on a roll right now. I'm not giving you or your team any momentum here. If, uh, you know, the opportunity presents itself later in the game or later on in the season, we'll have a go, but it's not happening right now. And it was exactly the right move from – you know, a veteran in this league that has fought a who's who uh, in the league, and there was no need for Paul to go right there, and he knew it and did the right thing, like you said, Evan. But I, I think, like, think Tino, like, the when you look at this, hardly out goaltended Nick Rose. They outscore him. They out loose ball him. I think they outworked them. They outdisciplined them. They did it all in this game, the Nighthawks. So they played a full 60 and won this game convincingly. I just think it's so funny that leading into into week one, like I was the one that said it about when the injury report reports came out and we saw there's going to be no Ryland Reese. I remember saying, man, I feel so bad for these guys. Like they're trying to change this culture, create these winning ways. And now one of their one of their leaders and significant role players is out. And they've just like made me look like such an idiot. <laughs> I I really hope that I hope this continues and I hope more and more fans start filling that building because like Connor Fields is starting to become like a guy that you pay to go and watch. And if Hartley can keep this up, it's the exact same thing. So good for, good for Rochester. Yeah. I mean, I can't 
I can't. Like, that was the game that, that blew up our parlay, right? But I, I had Toronto as my eight pick, and who you got? So I believed in it and got proven wrong, as did uh, a whole bunch of other people, which uh, leads into the final game of the week, which was Vancouver in Calgary. And everybody wondering how the Warriors would respond after getting hammered by the Rock a, a, a week prior, and Steve Fryer showed up in this game. He he looked like a, an NLL starting goaltender. He was not the reason that Vancouver lost this game. It's back-to-back games here for the Warriors under under 10 goals. And, I, you know, that's a little bit concerning because I think a lot of people thought that was going to be the strength of this Vancouver team was going to be their offense. But it just looks a little disjointed here. And, again, I think I go back to, to the lack of exhibition play, definitely playing a factor in this. But – you know, some real good signs here from Vancouver. A big improvement on what they did in, in week one. Charlotte Beatty's continued to look good. Mitch Jones had himself a night, as did Keegan Ball, which, you know, wasn't really there in, in week one. So that was good to see. I still think, I, I don't I feel like we still have yet to see Sean Evans. And I think he comes into lineup either this week or maybe they give him the extra three weeks because I don't think they play again until January after this weekend so maybe they say okay one more for Evie and then you got another month to rest up which might be the smart play there but you know I, I feel like Kyle Killen has, has gotten a bit lost in this offense with with the return of Jones and you know Chase Scanlon had a rough night no question about it he he took a bunch of moving pick calls he took an offensive penalty which you never want to see and just kind of looked out of place a little bit and it's one game so I'm not ready to to write him off or anything but he struggled which is going to happen as a rookie I thought another guy that that had a tough one was Connor Goodwin and this is going to take some time here with a lot of new pieces and bodies in that Vancouver lineup you can't expect it all to be clicking after one or even two games in the league as a rookie. So work to be done, and and they get a chance to do it again here against Calgary this weekend, but on home floor. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember. Graham Perrell put these stats out a few years ago. I think if you scored single digits, your odds of winning were between 10 and 15%. It's, it's the simple rule of thumb. Yeah, low. Got to hit, Got to hit 10. I'm just worried that like Vancouver took a lot of a lot of penalties in that game. And it was a stop and go game. Hey, Tina, a lot yeah, of whistles, I, a lot of penalties. I'm not just worried that like obviously the talk of of Cordingly coming in and and trying to kind of right the ship and change the culture, like like everyone's talking about and stuff, and and this team toughness is is a big emphasis. I just like when I when I see them taking as many penalties as they do, or as they as they did last game. I kind of worry if if this team toughness from another team's perspective is like, oh, your guys' team toughness is you're just going to take a penalty. Great. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic for us kind of thing. So that was my main concern watching that game. Uh, I, I think that they're going to have a way better showing this coming weekend being their home opener and having now two games under their belt. And they kind of have to, right? Like, you can't get too far behind the eight ball. No. And I'll say this, like Calgary took their fair share of penalties too. Like it was just that kind of a game and guys were getting dirtied and it it warranted responses. That game really just needed a scrap is what it needed or two and just kind of get that out of your system so you can focus on playing lacrosse, but it just never really materialized. And, And the last 
kind of thing I'll say on Vancouver. Like I, one area that they really need to clean up is their transition defense. They're getting torched in, in transition, way too many goals given up in transition. And, and quite frankly, I don't think they're generating enough in transition quite yet either. So we'll see what happens this weekend, but there's your recap of week three. Evan, and, it looks like and we wants. completely forgot to mention Todd LeBranch. I hope he's oh, okay. Oh man, absolutely <laughs> Curtis Dixon on the on the uh, game winner, just <laughs> absolutely blown up. Yeah, like he, he got a broken nose in that goalie fight. I I I forgot to check in with Todd after uh, taking that hit from Curtis Dixon. So I might be the hardest hit Dixon's ever thrown. <laughs> Sorry, Curtis. I'm sorry. Don't be mad. All right. So with all that being said, there's your week three recap. I can't believe I almost forgot to do that. That's so much we have to talk about this week. But uh, here we go with our lax class. I feel good about this one here. Tough week. No question about it, fellas. Yeah. Real tough week as far as, as picking games and, and looking at the numbers and all this. But I think we pieced together a pretty good one here. Evan, uh, you start us off. Yeah, I got to say the the odds makers did a fabulous job this week. It's, I was looking for, I typically would take the money line, and I couldn't find any good value there. Mm. But what I'm going back to is Panther City, Vegas, blew up the money line last week. It's still at 21.5. Yeah, blew up the over-under, right? Yeah, they reached it by three, like 45 minutes, and they they'd, they'd capped it. And I don't see Vegas' home opener being a defensive effort. Give me the over in this one once again. Yeah, I like it. 21 and a half. I think that's easy money right there. I love my over-unders too, Tino. I'm sticking in that category. And as good as Warren Hill played in their opener, this Riptide offense, I think, just has too much firepower to be held at bay. And I think Halifax is going to score a bunch of goals against the Riptide as well, which you add all those things up tells me this game is going to be over as well at 22 and a half just one goal more give me the over in Halifax and New York like that uh I'm gonna go with the money line uh or Georgia on the money line Mm -hmm. minus 152 I think that Philly has the goalie advantage there but just based off what we saw in week one and sure they're going to have uh I'm sure they're going to have their team meetings under their way so they're going to be looking a little bit better but I just think I mean Lyle Thompson. He's a he's obviously a game changer. I uh, I like I like Georgia in that game. Ever hear of him? Yeah, no, he's pretty good. Um, I think Philly will play better than they did against the Halifax Thunderbirds. I think Georgia is going to play better than they did at week in week one as well. And you know they don't want to start out zero and two on home floor either. So straight up Georgia on the money line combined with a couple of over unders will get you a cool bet return of what Evan 540 did I see yeah I believe you're correct all right 540 lay down 20 jumbo bucks on that what do you get now what's the cool bet return on a 540 20 jumbo buck bet it is around 128 if I'm not mistaken easy money thank us later if you leave don't blame us it's not our fault those are the rules here on Lax Class. All right, there's your lock of the week. Good luck, everybody. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Bonus code Lax Class. Well, and before we get to the next segment, I got a, the, the email just came from the Desert Dogs that Mark was referring I to. You're going to do a horse noise there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love this. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, about that. that yeah, party right. zone. Yeah, he talked about this party zone that's going to be in the one end, and 
it's named after one of their sponsors, right? Which that's actually where the viewing party was in this weekend. It is the Nacho Daddy Doghouse. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Nacho. Daddy. Oh my god! <laughs> that is that is edgy. I'll say that. <laughs> Nacho. That's very Daddy. Vegas. <laughs> so the company is called Nacho Daddy. Like, and I'm Correct. assuming they sell nachos. They're that's yeah. It's not like a shelter for abandoned children or anything. Like that. No. <laughs> Nacho Daddy. I'm Nacho Daddy. All right. Uh, I like it. Nacho Daddy Doghouse. All right. Uh, time now for who you got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. It uh, mentioned the Storm Rider in in earlier in the show. I got to mention Tino. You mentioned Blundstones uh, earlier as well. If you need Blundstones and you know, I'm not quite sure why you you would if if you've been living under a rock. Maybe you don't have some yet, but it seems like the entire lower mainland owns a pair of Blundstones. But if you don't have a pair yet, Stampede Tack is the place to go to get them. Kids, women's, men's, all the new styles are available at Stampede Tack and Westernware. Get them in time to get them under the tree in time few shopping days left. We're running out of time, though. So go get your Blundstones from Stampede Tack and Western Wear, or you can shop online. Why, Tino? Because it's still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Shopping online. Still shopping local. Blundstones at Stampede Tack. Who you got week three. Before we get into this here, Evan, we gotta we gotta inform the classmates here a little bit because we had some issues last week where upwards of six people went a perfect four and O, oh, but unfortunately half of those six people forgot to either put in their tiebreaker. Well, yeah, they forgot to put in their tiebreaker. Either that or they had auto pick selected, and it probably doesn't select a tiebreaker for you. But that is a tough way to lose a week of who you got. Something that, you know, Evan's never done is win one. But that's a tough <laughs> way to lose one by forgetting to put in your tiebreaker. So, once again, make your picks. You add your confidence number. Then at the very bottom, it'll ask you to select a total for the last game of the week. And you need to save and apply after you pick your tiebreaker number. Did I miss anything? It's as simple as that, because, I mean, if you don't put the tiebreaker in and you're in a tie, you automatically lose. That's a tough way to go. That is a tough, tough way to go. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of, Eric Della Rocco, I think I said Della Rocca last week. Eric Della Rocco is the overall winner right now. And also, on top of that, I said I met Eric in, in Aquasosny. I did not meet Eric in Aquasasti. It was somebody else. And now I'm like, I know he was like from Albany. And that's why I kind of just started doing math in my, 
So now I'm wondering who the hell it was that I met in Aquasasnia that's also from Albany that listens to the show because I could have swore it was Eric. It wasn't Eric. So not only did I screw up his name, but then I mistaken him for for somebody else as well. So uh, you've so, never sounded older. Than yeah, right I know. Now. If somebody <laughs> if somebody wants to solve that mystery for me, I would uh, completely embrace that. So Eric is our overall leader. Evan, who won week two? Oh, I gave you the notes. You could announce it. Wow, man. <laughs> I don't, it's dark where I'm hanging out right now. It's in yeah. The, where are you hanging out? I'm in my living room. I just haven't Ryan, turned any lights on. That's all. Ryan Tucker was the winner. Ryan Tucker, congratulations! You are this week's Stampy Tack and Western Wears winner of week two. Who you got? We'll be in touch, Evan. Uh, speaking of that, you've been slacking on that. I don't even think you've gotten in touch with Eric yet, never mind Ryan. So now you're two weeks behind here. Well, but Eric, Eric was a repeat winner, so we already had contact details. Uh, We're good. All right. So get in touch, uh, Ryan. Evan will be in touch with you, and uh, prize pack will be mm-hmm. on your way uh, post-haste. Now, uh, standings, personal standings here, Evan. I know you want to get this in. You got the lead between the three of us if you want to do some gloating. As normal. Like, I mean, I've won this every single year, so it's not anything unusual. To win a week, though. Never won any prizes or anything. But you know what? We talked about whether what the bet should be. Mm. So here's my thought, and that is the two losers by the winner. A personalized NLL jersey of their choice. Oh, man. Tino's walking half half an hour to work to save money on parking. I don't know if... Uh... Uh, you know what? I did the same walk to avoid paying 40 bucks at the show last night. So <laughs> I have... I, I mean, I'm not saying no, but I just have a hard time accepting potentially being called a loser. <laughs> By somebody who mm. refuses to make a, a horse freaking oh, horse blah, 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 blah. And, has ne- and has never won a week of who you got either. So who's the consistency real consistency is the who's key, the right? Real loser. It's not who wins one week; it's who wins consistently. <laughs> I don't think that is actually the. Uh, actually, there was one time I think I hosted eight straight weeks. Oh, so yeah. you, <laughs> you you probably have that like posted up on a wall at home right now. All right, you're hosting this week. You got like a two or a three point lead over me and Tino. Let's get on with this here. Week, I got a six. Point week lead on three you. is on deck, <laughs> and lots of games and to talk about. Let's not waste any more time, Evan, and let's get here started. Here we go. So, if, first Vancouver off, for if, a if, two. If you're, wonder, if you're wondering why Jake's thinking about coming to Vegas, this is the TSN game of the week. So we got Teddy Jenner and Brad Chowler covering this game. It is Calgary. In Don't Vancouver. remind me, Sheminar. Like, I need to hear that right now. <laughs> I'm going with Vancouver on this one. I think yeah, the home yeah. opener is going to play a, uh, a big factor, but this is my two pick. So, Ooh. Vancouver, and it's a two. Jake Elliott. You know, you I'm taking Vancouver, and I'm not super confident in it. I'm also taking Vancouver, but for two as well. You're going to love this because I think this is the last time I'm forced to take. Calgary, the, the Calgary or anybody that's not playing Vancouver, yeah. and I'm going big. Calgary for an eight. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah. Oh god, I hope you lose. I really, I really, <laughs> I really do. All right, believe, believe me. If I if I lose, I think Down's going to renew the deal. Yeah, Anyways, then we got the game that we were talking about earlier in Sin City, Panther City, Vegas. 
Jake Elliott, who you got? Oh, man. This is almost coin flip territory here, but you know what? We, we got Mark Fine on this week. It's the home opener down there in Las Vegas. It was a tight game on the road for the Desert Dogs. I think they're going to get a few bodies back in their lineup, in particular Greer and Bertrand, which is yep. going to help that offense. And it's going to be electric down there in Sin City. I'm going Desert Dogs here for a three. You know, Fair, who you got? I've never been more confident about anything in my life. Oh. Vegas for an eight. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow! Some, somebody's looking for a free trip down the Vegas. <laughs> Shockingly, we've all got the Vegas Desert Dogs to win their home opener. Uh, you know, and it's, it was a couple goals. Get to Vegas. Get the excitement going. Not confident in it, but I'm taking the Vegas Desert Dogs for a two. Saturday night. We start off in Albany, Rochester, 2-0. I don't think anybody ever saw that coming, nor did anybody see Albany Firewolves 1-0. Tino Farah, who you got? I just need to say quickly, I, has it ever happened where the same game, one person's called it a 2 and one person's called it a 8? I don't know. I don't know. That's good trivia. Uh, Rochester for a 4. Yeah, but you know what? Do you want to justify that pick at all, Tina, or you just Rochester? I'm just taking. Uh, I haven't picked Rochester yet, so to be honest, I'm really nervous that when I finally do pick them, they're going to have a terrible game. Okay. But I got to ride the hot hand. Connor Fields is on the show. I'm going with Rochester. But you know what? That's just how difficult the schedule is this week, right? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy difficult. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, battle of the undefeateds here. Albany made me eat my words in week one. They may do it again in week two, but I, not making the same mistake three times in a row and picking against the Nighthawks, who jumped up in the power rankings that I know you guys love so much, the power rankings. Uh, but you're right. Just had Fieldsy on. That's good karma. Nighthawks are, I think they're a wagon. I'm taking the Nighthawks for a five. Yeah, the Nighthawks are number five. I think originally we had them number 13. That's how far they jumped. Mm. Yeah, I'm going the same direction here. I may be a little more confident in Ryland Hartley than I am in Dougie. I'm a little more confident really? in Rochester running the league. I, I am. I, you know, the way I don't that know if I go working. that far. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm But ready. I am. Okay. You know, and I've got the Nighthawks for six. And, uh, then we go to the Hammer, where they're going to be wearing the Hammer jerseys this weekend. Toronto Rock, 1-1. One one. Buffalo Bandits, 0-1. Oh I don't think anybody ever saw that coming. Jake Elliott, who you got? The big question here is, where will there be pizza for Steve Dietrich after this <laughs> game? I think that's mandatory, isn't uh, it? It's, uh, it's up for debate. Uh, we're uh, looking at what here, guys? One, two, three, three. Seven o'clock games, a seven thirty game, and an yeah, eight o'clock game. It's jam like go go buy an extra tablet or borrow your mom's computer or something because uh, you are, you're not going to have enough eyeballs to to watch all these games on Saturday night or at least not at the same time. But Toronto, very disappointing effort down there in Rochester. I don't think that's going to sit too well with Matty Sawyer and Brucey Codd and Colin Doyle and Jamie Dowick. Toronto at home in the Hammer jerseys. Buffalo did not impress me in week one. I still think they're a little hungover from last season. Give me the Toronto Rock for a four. You know, Farrah, who you got? 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Bandits for a three. I just think that they, just like Toronto over this past week, I don't think Buffalo is too happy with their week one performance. They've, they'll have been stewing on it for two weeks by the time game time rolls around. So uh, I know it's going to be an electric game. Fireworks like crazy like there always is between these two, but I'm giving the edge to Buffalo. And I don't think any of us are too confident in this one, but I think the difference here, I don't like the fact that the Bandits are coming off a bye week especially after that loss. Give me Toronto for a three. Then down south, we got the Georgia Swarm hosting the Philadelphia Wings. Both teams 0-1. Tino Farah, who you got? Give me the Georgia Swarm for a seven. And I hope Philly surprises me, but I was not impressed by pretty much anything that they did in game one. Um Georgia had their ups and downs, but uh, like I said before, I think uh, Lyle Thompson is going to be the X factor here. Shocker. Jake Elliott, who you got? Just to be clear here, Evan, you're you're very close to being borderline. It's who ya got. <laughs> who ya got, not okay. who you got. Uh, All right. You okay. Try, you I didn't realize I was saying it that way. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to try it one more time? <laughs> or or, you, you, or you can do a horse noise if you want. Who you got? I'm taking Georgia here. They're at home, and uh, they've been they've been sitting there at home waiting to to play another game. Philly's coming off a bye as well, so I'm going Georgia here at home for a seven. Go Swarm! I need you it. Guys are I need a it. Lot Georgia. More confident in this than I am, and I think it comes down to the fact that Georgia, the goaltending just did not hold up in Game One, and whether that's going to be a repeat performance. I don't know. Could we see Dobson? Could be. Could absolutely be. I'm taking the swarm, but only for a four. It's 7.30 p.m. The New York Riptide, 0-1, hosting the Halifax Thunderbirds. Jake Elliott, who you got? Much better, Evan. I think it was actually Tino's turn first, but that's okay. I. You nope, tell me. I, all right, fair enough. I, is this the game of the week right here? I don't know. I mean, Riptide are 0-1, but they played San Diego about as tough as you could, only losing it by a goal. Halifax looked real impressive in game one. They're on the road now. It's Teat. It's King of the Hill. I, I'm taking Halifax. They're 1-0. The Riptide are 0-1, and I'm taking the T-Birds for an 8. Tina Farrow. Tino Farrow, who we got? Did you call me Tina Farah? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Tina Stop, man. Tina Fey. <laughs> Tina Fey. All right. I'll, I'll answer your question, but I'm not happy about it, I think. Uh, I'm uh, following Jake's lead here. I got Halifax for a six. Uh, I think they have the goaltending edge, and I think the vibes after game one for those guys, it was just unreal. They're riding this high, I think. I'm on the exact opposite train here. I think that you got to keep in mind, the riptide, Lost to the Seals by one. They yeah, lost the, to them by... The Seals uh, just beat the Rush by one. Like, right. But the thing is, where have we got the Seals in the power ranking? Number one, right? Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about the Riptide's loss here. But I've got more faith in the younger Riptide than I do in the older Thunderbirds. Mm. New York Riptide for five. And then the nightcap in this whole thing. Oh, man. Panther City... This is going to be interesting because what was it? Hamley told us in his interview, it's like, this is his dream scenario where they, they're they going to Vegas and they have to fly home the next morning. Yeah. So either there's going to be a Vegas flu, 
Thursday night, or there's going to be a Vegas flu Friday night. God no, knows not. which one. They're not. Just so <laughs> you know, Evan, I, like when a team plays Friday and then they play Saturday in another city, those guys after a game mm-hmm. are going, like they're eating, they're getting they're treatment, and they're going to bed. Like they're yeah. not. Nothing is happening in Vegas on Friday night, so don't even factor that in, especially with TK and the, the yeah, but PC. Here it is. Panther City facing the Colorado Mammoth who struggled in Saskatchewan. Tino Farah, who you got? I literally just switched my pick as you guys were talking. I had Panther City, um, and then Reese Dutch popped into my head. No. His first game with the Mammoth, and I think that – righty side between him and Zed. I think it's going to start rolling and I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident with the mammoth right now. I'm giving him a five. Jake Elliott, who you got, you know, one thing, one more time, Evan, who you got. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it, uh, one thing we forgot is that when Dylan Ward does not play well in the game previous, mm-hmm. he usually bounces back in a big time way. So if you're, Looking for an under on the menu on Saturday night. This game between the Mammoth and Panther City might just be the one to go under on. And I think it's going to be a tough weekend here for Panther City, who they got their win to start their season, and now I think they're going to have a tough weekend here and go 0-2, and the Mammoth will get to 500 here. Reese Dutch, Dylan Ward, all of it. Give me the Mammoth for a 6. Mammoth for a 6. Yeah, and I think they're in the same position here. Dylan Ward's not going to have two stinkers in a row. Panther City is playing the second game of the back-to-back. And I'm sorry, but the Vegas situation is not going to help the matters. Colorado Mammoth for a seven. All right, there you go. Don't forget, put your tiebreaker in at the bottom and make sure you save your picks now. If If you can't make it, also, don't forget, you can put on auto picks, you can put on all home teams, you can put on all road teams, or you can just pick random teams. I'm not sure if it does a tiebreaker for you, though. So try not to miss a week. Sorry to you people that forgot to put in your tiebreaker that went perfect this week. Uh, chances are pretty slim that you'll do that again. Congratulations to Ryan Tucker for week two win. Who will win week three? We will find. This is really a true test here, fellas, with... This amount of games on the slate here, you know, you, you pick four in a row, great, big deal, whoopee. But now we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games coming up this weekend. Let's see who you got. Uh, big thanks to Mark Fine and Connor Fields for stopping by the podcast for a chat. Uh, to our sponsors, of course, Rycor Construction. I think I forgot to mention them this week. My apologies. They make it stand out at Rycor Renovations. You know all that. Uh, speaking of, we will have a new sponsor in 2023. Just nailing down some final details. We'll look forward to announcing that here in the next week or two. But uh, to Rycor, Cool Bet, Stampede, Associated Labels and Packaging, and of course to you, the loyal listener that continues to support our podcast by listening each and every week. Right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, we thank you. But now we are out of here for Evan Schemenauer, Tino Farah. I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.